Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. Magic is power. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a hot and steamy episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your Legacy Newbie. With me this week, as always, in the sweat lodge, Mr. Jerry Me. What's up, Jerry? Pour another bucket of water over those stones, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> it is warm in New England, my friend. Uh, it is hot. And we're supposed to, supposed to break uh, later this week. Supposed to yeah. dive down to like the 70s. It's going to be perfect, Pat. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's great fine. weather to stay indoors and play cards. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> definitely don't leave your house. Like, don't no. go outside into a pool or anything, you know. No, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so, so what's going on, man? What have you been up to lately? Oh, just nonstop, nonstop. Uh, I mean, I've been enjoying the new meta, been jamming a bunch of leagues mm-hmm. on Magic mm-hmm. Online, getting ready for Star City Game Worcester, uh, team, team event, tournament right? this, this Saturday. Yeah. Uh, so getting, getting all pumped up for that, getting my list finalized, got my team together. So I got, uh, Josh in, uh, the modern seat and our friend Vince in the standard seat coming through for us. Josh Sissio? No, Josh Higgins, our, uh, Black Red Reanimator friend. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, that's awesome, man. That should be a great time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun and I'm just really excited to play in the first big tournament, uh, after the ban announcement. Yeah, and you'll be playing uh, Bug Delver, right? Your, your yeah, totally list. playing Bug Delver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's really great. I'm really interested to see what the metagame looks like. I will say uh, we will go quickly over the because we uh, uh, our friend Aaron Gazaniga was kind enough to to go through every single deck list for us, uh, put them all in a spreadsheet. I made a quick pie graph of them, so we're gonna f- share that on the Facebook page. Um, he also went through every deck list and looked for interesting, like, one-ofs, just little spicy cards you can talk about. We'll do that shortly. Um, but there's not, we, we won't talk about that tournament a ton because, like you <laughs> said in the pre-show, Jerry, that was two days before the Bannon Restricted <laughs> update, so. It is a lame duck format. What is, is cool, though, is we had one of the last, uh, you know, moderate-sized events before the banning. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. 116 players, uh, was great at Etsy. Uh, we are setting a date for the new one, so listen for that shortly. Uh, for the next one, but I'm really excited. We'll make sure that the, uh, the videos get saved and everything's great and wonderful. We'll stream it again because that was a ton of fun. A lot of work, but so, so much fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, like we said, we won't get too in the weeds with this since, you know, none of it really matters anymore, but I think it's just a cool snapshot of what the meta looked like right before the ban. Right. And without surprise, Pat, our most popular deck, uh, Grixis Delvers. Oh, yeah. I called it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Not miracles. Grixis Delver, uh, yeah. seventeen copies uh, out of one hundred eighteen. So yep. uh, about fourteen and a half percent of our meta was yeah. uh, just Grixis Delver. A good, a good chunk was Grixis Delver. Not nearly as much as like the worst case scenario is. I mean, I think, I think miracles when it was at, in its heyday was as much as like twenty percent of the big, uh, the big tournaments. 
Yeah, but it was averaging around 15, which is what yeah. Grixis has been like. Grixis peaks at 20% in some tournaments and then mm-hmm. averages around 15 yeah. for most. So, I mean, it's, it's right in line with there. And I think it, you know, that is, uh, pretty much the line for when decks get too good that they, they need a piece band is, uh, you know, right around 15% average, 20% spikes. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, we get, I, I don't want to argue too much about the, the bands and, and all that stuff. You mean the argument that I've already won? That's, the, I mean, it's an argument. <laughs> That, that Watsi has conceded, so there's not much I can do about that. But um, uh, it was interesting to see, you know, Grixis was obviously uh, far and away the largest uh, represented deck in the format, or in, in the tournament, rather. Uh, Miracles came behind just over 7.5%, uh, and then the Apes showed up uh, nearly 6% on Bird and 6% in Seek and Show. <laughs> There, there there's an equal number of burn and sneak and show players that's what i'm saying yeah that's what i'm saying they, they showed up they showed up together i was they, surprised at how many burn players there were seven yeah. burn players yeah it's interesting very interesting um uh, uh, just over five percent with moon stompy uh so thanks zach for, for you and all your friends coming up to the tournament uh with six copies there we saw elves with six copies as well and then everything else from there is like four and threes and a lot of ones a lot of singles so that yeah. was pretty cool um a lot of sweet singles. Just to, just to read some of them, we got Soldier Stompy, mm-hmm. Grixis Super Friends, uh, we got Doomsday Main Appearance, <laughs> uh, Suicide Abzan, which I actually got to watch the feature match of. Um, that was really fun to watch. Wait, wait there was a Braids Stacks deck. <laughs> yes, Braids Stacks. Uh, there was the Bizarro Tinfins, the one running, uh, Magus of the Mind. Yep, yep. Um, and then that also, I really- think it's being adopted by a lot of Tinfins, Tinfins players for what it's worth. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, lots of one ofs. Um, really cool. I like seeing full layouts of an entire tournament because mm-hmm. you do get to see, you know, these awesome cool decks that don't really break, break into the, you know, the top 16 or top eight. Right. And actually, I'm, I misspoke. There was 118 decks. So for all of our math majors who are uh, crunching the numbers there, it was 118 decks. So, uh, but yeah, pretty sweet. One of the Grixis Delver lists also had a bitter blossom in the main. I think those yeah, actually were Shea, right? Yeah, those were Shea's list. Yeah, which is really neat. Um, Phyrexian Obliterator in the Suicide Abzan list. <laughs> of course, you can't have a suicide list without Phyrexian Obliterator. And uh, um, one thing I, do, I want to mention, Grixis Super Friends running a copy of Ashiok, which I think Ashiok is a criminally underplayed card. I love that card. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was also running Doretti, too, both of yeah. those. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Ashiok's a lot of fun. I, I've played around with Ashiok. I, I think Ashiok sees about as much play as it deserves to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, just, which is. It's like one of the first planeswalkers I saw when I came back to Magic and I didn't know that planeswalkers were a thing. Someone cast oh, yeah. one against me at FNM and I said, what is that? <laughs> and they were looked at me like I had three heads and, uh, but yeah, so that was, it just kind of stayed with me after that. Maybe that's why. I mean, I wish Ashiok was better in Legacy. Ashiok's like, uh, Ashiok's solid in, uh, the Vintage Cube, so I love drafting her in, in Vintage Cube and playing with yeah. her there, but yeah, I, I wish she was a bit better for Legacy. You know what's a two color three drop that's also good in Legacy? That's, that's good enough? Uh, Colagon's Command? Uh, I mean, that's true. Uh, <laughs> but we're gonna move on, cause someone sent me a, uh, very sweet, <laughs> Blue Red Wizards list. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That came in top, top four at a, a 94 player event. Uh, uh, we, we already done with the Leaving Legacy event? All right. Yeah, I that... think, I mean, I, th- I don't think there's a lot more to say about it. I don't want to go too far into it just because it is a, a dead meta. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, I just, the only thing I wanted to point out that we didn't mention was, uh, there was a, 
Patriot mentor list running Punishing Fire. Oh right, yeah. That's so I thought I thought that was pretty sweet. <laughs> um, and um, one more, and before actually before we move on, thank you to Aaron for going through every single deck list, bringing them from from Etsy, coming home and and organizing them for us, sending me a breakdown of them. Really, we really appreciate that. Um, it's it's great. So everyone's gonna be able to see that on the Facebook page. Yeah, and maybe I'll link it in the uh, the show notes as well, so people can check it out while they're listening. Yeah, it's already. I just posted it on the Facebook page, so it will be about a week old. But if you just uh, search for it um, in the search feature, you'll be able to find it. Awesome. Um, before we get into the legacy challenge, I did want to talk about this blue red delver list and get your thoughts because I've been uh, sort of I've been sort of brewing <laughs> up a blue red delver list in my mind. Yeah, um, well, apparently Star City Games also thinks that uh, Wizards Lightning is uh, legacy playable. <laughs> <laughs> when you get that playmat, you can bring it to me, and I'll I'll take it off your hands. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else board. I'm gonna do with it. Jeez, <laughs> uh, I'll trade you. I'll trade you my four copies of it, Threat Shaman. It's it's. I, I I'm gonna grape for a second. I'm gonna spill. I'm gonna spill my uh, my poops and scoops. But right, uh, <laughs> let's let's talk about that real quick. If you if you yeah. want to talk about it, like it's one thing. Like we're used to legacy playmats just being shit in every event. You know, we're we're used to it. We don't really get very good playmats often. But the fact one. that wasn't bad. We had Gamble. Yeah. We had Force of Will, which is pretty sweet. The Doomsday play mat was dope, even though Doomsday is not really Yeah, oh hard. yeah. <laughs> All right. Like those of out of the hundreds and, and okay, hundreds and of events. That... I I'm sorry, but didn't interrupt. The only reason I mentioned those is because those three are hanging off my child's old crib in the room that I'm recording in right now. And those are the only three playmats I can see out of. I have like stacks and stacks. So the three playmats I can see are all actually not that bad. You just you just had circumstantial evidence just went, went it ready to go. I, sw- I swear to you that's the truth. I will send you a picture if you want. It's very clear I didn't set it up this way because it's a fucking oh, mess. Alright, besides Pat's mysterious legacy crib... <laughs> Historically, we don't get very many good playmats. So I'm not, I'm not griping about getting another bad playmat. It's just the other two playmats for standard and modern are Siege Game Commander and Land of War Elves, both of which see play in Legacy. <laughs> so it's like, like not, not only did you give us a bad one, like you gave us like the worst of three that, you know, I think even the Land of War Elves people would have been happy with. It's yeah. Definitely the Elves players. It is, a, it is a cool, it is a cool look. Uh, it's Wizards Lightning. It's, I mean, whatever. It's whatever. It's a playmat, man. What are you gonna do? How, uh, like every playmat's not gonna be a home run. I get that it's a little sad, but I'm like ninety five percent sure that that um that Star City does not get to choose the artwork for their playmats. I'm pretty no. sure that Watsy is the one who says, "Here are the playmats you're gonna be able to work with this year." No, no, yeah, I've I've talked I've talked to many tos, and yeah, they at, at best they get like a choice between two. Right. At best. Usually Watsy just hands it to them. Right. So people saying like, oh, they choose. Listen, Star City Games puts on excellent tournaments. Like nearly every Star City game event I've gone to has been great. Like as far as, you know, as far as like a Star City Open is going to go, they're great, right? Like I'm not a huge fan of the form of like the, that concept, but whatever. They run, they run them well. They are obviously there to make people happy. Why will they do something as, as stupid as choosing bad playmat art? When they have to hear about it every single time. Like, you can't possibly think that a company that wants people to be excited for their events chooses artwork that is, like, not up to par with the rest of their standards, right? That's crazy. That's crazy. It's true. <sighs> I just, I, I just drives me nuts when they're like, oh, they picked a bad, or picked bad art again. It's like, they don't pick these things. I blame. I blame the people in Hasbro's marketing team who clearly don't play magic, but are responsible for like marketing yeah, all their stuff. I don't know if it's marketing or if they're just trying to find like what, I mean, 
like the so when it, when when a when a an artist sells a piece to Watsi, like Watsi gets all rights to that, right? They can do whatever they want with it. The artist doesn't get any commission on there. They don't have any say once Watsi purchases or pays for that artwork. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not the person to ask about that, but that's my understanding of we it. Should, yeah, that's mine. That's mine too. And I, I want to say I'm pretty sure because I've heard we gotta have Q Bapel on. We've been meaning to have her on for a while, and that, we should, that actually she, we should have her on. She uh, she's the person to ask about that. Yeah, uh, she I know she's a, a, an art aficionado, but anyway, my my point is is like maybe they're constrained by something other than just like what artwork they have <laughs> they have on hand. You know what I mean? Maybe there's a reason why they can't use a certain artwork. Like maybe. They can't use artwork that's been promotional artwork for like packs or something. I don't, I don't know what the case is, but I'm sure yeah. there's some kind of caveat in there where they can't use them. They can't use the artwork that we might find ideal. And that's just, that's just what it's going to be, man. I mean, just my blind assumptions of just how I would think the business operates is they get all the art and they choose like a wide sample of art, art styles and depictions. Mm-hmm. So it's like not all black cards, all blue cards, you know. Mm-hmm. They get kind of a, a spread of art. They probably aren't even looking at the cards. They're just looking at the art, choosing art that they want, and then, you know, doling those arts out to the TOs as, sure. as they come up. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And they probably try not to overlap too much art with, like, different TOs. Like, if, if Star City Games is getting Doomsday for their opens, then they're not going to allow someone to have – they probably won't want someone oh, yeah, to def- have that as well. They're definitely, they're definitely like exclusive type situations. Yeah. So, anyway, other than point- sometimes, sometimes they reuse GP playmats. Sure, sure. <laughs> like they'll use, they'll use it in like South America and then reuse it in uh, North America. Yeah. But anyway, the, my point is just like, you know, I don't think that it's Star City Games making bad decisions. I think it's just the no. nature of this business that you can't get all the best, the, the most dope playmats at every event. I do think Star City Games could have been way smarter about which seat gets the playmats and which of the classics because it's yeah. also all the classic players. Like That's that's true, but I'm curious as to like maybe – well, maybe that's also an anticipation of what they expect the next day to bring in as far as the – the classics go the following day. I don't know. Yeah. We'll I mean, they also could just assume it's like legacy players probably don't give a fuck about playmats. So give them the shitty one. Pro- that's, that's, that's <laughs> definitely possible. Yeah. Like, like maybe, that could also be their done, line yeah, of thinking. They've done enough, enough market research to be like, Oh, legacy players don't really care what playmat it is. Uh, it's not a draw for them, but it would hurt us to have a bad playmat for modern or standard where those players are much more enticed to are much more interested in what the playmat is for the event. Like I go to a legacy events. A lot of times I don't realize there's a playmat until I get a token for one. Uh, yeah. And I'm always surprised when I go up to the desk and look and find it. So it's it's actually a fun game for me. Maybe you guys should do that. Don't look at the play mats. Just go there and, and be surprised when you pick it up. <laughs> pleasantly disappointed. Or pleasantly surprised. I mean, look, I don't play Doomsday, but that play mat art is fucking That sick. was if a I, sweet play mat. I do have that one. Um, I was upset because I thought it was Blood Moon at first. I'm like, yeah, this is a sweet Blood Moon. <laughs> yeah, but it's a, it's, it's a pretty sick art. It's pretty, it's pretty great. It is. It um, is. Uh, so anyway, we don't want to talk about this Blue Red Delver list. The three, oh, yeah. ma- the three mana, uh, two color creature that's legacy playable now is, uh, Adelie's the Cinderwind. <laughs> Which is a, a wizard lord. It's a two-two. Yeah. For one blue red. Flying Think haste. Sweet. Dominaria. <laughs> Flying haste. Uh, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, wizards you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. So it's kind of like, uh, it giving all your wizards, uh, prowess, which is pretty dope. Yeah. Um, not quite as good as prowess, but it, it's there. I mean, it costs three mana though. Do you really want this over a true name? Uh, Actually, I could see that argument. I mean, it has flying and haste. It has flying and haste. Like it's 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 storm chaser. It's a two, it's a 
a higher t- powered storm chaser for one I mean more just mana. the fact just the fact that it pumps itself yeah. and it has haste it, it actually has probably powers. As prowess, yeah. and it pumps your other guys. And it's pitchable it, to force a will, which is nice. Yeah, it does do damage. It does do more damage than true name. It probably connects just as often as a true name would connect. Um, the downside is it's, you know, it, it, it eats a removal spell. It does. But everything but, eats a removal spell. Yeah, I mean, everything in this deck. So yeah, I actually, I actually kind of really like this in, in the list. Um, it's also, it's running 18 lands. I don't know how much I, how I feel about that. Maybe because it's running the, the two Adelis. Adelis. I don't know how to say it. Um, it's running 18 lands. I might want to shave a land here, to be honest, to be extra greedy. Um, I do like that they're running two island, two mountain. Uh, that's kind of going to get around like the other sort of, uh, 800 pound gorilla, which we'll talk about when we talk about the, uh, the legacy challenge. Um, but the reason why I wanted to bring this up is mainly because it's playing two of wizards lightning. (laughs) Sorry. I let the cat out of the bag with my rant. Wizards Lightning, of course, is the uh, the new the bad, the new and improved Lightning Bolt that costs three mana. Unless you have a wizard, unless you control a wizard, and then it costs two less to cast, so it's a bolt for a single red. Um, yeah. One thing I thought was interesting, like this this list is running obviously for Cataxium Probe, so that's something that we'd have to cut. Um, but I think we could find I think we could find four cards to fit in here. This instead of probe. yeah, because this tournament was about this tournament was on the first of July, right. Um, and what, so do we cover this is the, uh, Haruya, uh, tournament with 94 players? Correct. Yeah. 94 players, 1st of July. So just a day after the prolific, uh, Leaving Legacy 3K. Uh, <laughs> they, they couldn't get quite as many people to show out Haruya. We understand though. You know, it's not, oh as, my not God. as illustrious. Probably wasn't streamed. Um, but anyway, I, I think this deck is pretty cool. Um, the sideboard I, is, is kind of where I'd want to be. One thing also that's interesting to say, no price of progress in the main. No price, but they are running four chain lightning. So this is very much a look at four four chain lightning, four lightning bolt, two wizards lightning. So they are just going face with these burn spells. True. Um, I do also want to point out because this is the Japanese meta, it is also just crazy. So while this deck looks sweet, keep in mind this is also an event that Bomberman top aided with True. before the bands. <laughs> True. Before also, the bands, Bomberman top eight at this event, which is sweet. There's also another blue red Delver list in the top eight here, which I didn't see until just now. Oh um, yeah, oh, I was gonna bring this up because this list is like a complete and total opposite. Yeah, this is almost like a mini rug. It's running uh, four wasteland. Uh, it's also got three Snapcaster Mage, two True Name Nemesis, and three Young Pyromancer. Uh, not running Wizards Lightning in the main. Or the it is side, running so. Steam Vents. It's running one Volcanic yeah. Island and two Steam Vents. <laughs> I assume that is merely a budget concession. I can't yes, imagine I, another reason for that. I also assume, but what's interesting is for the Creature Suite, he's running two True Name and three Young Pyromancer. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I love that. Maybe, I don't know. I don't also know. three Snapcaster Mage. Yeah, three Snapcaster Mage I like. I do like the, the Spell Snare in the main. Um, I like the spell pierces, uh, three stifle as well. So this is like a, like a two color rug list, you know? Like yeah, it really color. is. It looks like it plays a lot like rug Delver would. Yeah. Wasteland stifle, just trying to be super tempo here. Um, and keep your, your opponent off mana. Uh, man, that, to, that is rough playing then. days with steam vents. Yeah. That's not, I've done it. Uh, listen, I mean, yeah, you were there. You were yeah. there when I first started playing legacy and I had my, my blue red Delver list with one volcanic and two or three steam vents. It wasn't great. It got the job done though. <laughs> You got the job done. Um, yeah, so it's an interesting list. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll put this in the show notes, um, for the top eight here, but I just thought it was worth covering. I mean, also talking about the crazy meta they have there. There's also a Bomberman and Mud in the top eight as well. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, that, um, 
Let's move on to the Legacy Challenge that was this past weekend. Um, this is posted on July 9th. All right, here we go. New meta. First, this is the first somewhat large event uh, to actually take place post poor uh, ban and restriction announcement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this is our, our first taste, Pat. This is what it's going to be. So taste it, Jerry. Can you taste it? Uh, I believe it's what victory tastes like, Pat. If you will remember, if you'll remember, Pat, to our last episode with Brian Cook, what did I say was going to be the new meta? Uh, you said that because there was no death right shaman around, blue red delver was just going to take it I over. I believe that is, that is your position. I'm oh, going. No, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> black red reanimator. Right, because they can't eat the creatures. No, nope. I believe that was Brian Cook's decision. Oh, <laughs> see, I, I would have thought Brian Cook would have said T. Yes, like you know, that's obviously that's the meta. Uh, so we buried the lead long enough here. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, the deck that came out on top and second from the top, we had two copies of Show and Tell. Yep, good old sneak, and not just Show and Tell, Sneak and Show, not Omni Show. Good old Sneak and Show. In the finals, first and second place. Uh, second place was running two copies of Omniscience. I mean, Sneak and Show runs Omniscience. The yeah. difference between Omni Show and Sneak and Show is the presence of Cunning Wish. Uh, we don't see any Cunning Wish in either right. of these uh, builds. Right. Um, uh, real quick, did you notice the first place deck only has 58 cards in the main? Is that right? Uh, that is probably a mistake. Do you think they're missing the two Omniscience? That like, is probably what they're missing. I don't think they included the omniscience. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, uh, there's sorry. no there's I no just, omniscience listed that. here. Yeah, and that's really the only thing that would be missing unless they were running like adjacent intuition, which mm-hmm. I would think an omnis two omniscience would be way more likely. Right. Uh this this deck played only three the first place deck only playing three days, which I thought was interesting as well. Uh, I mean, the fact that it's running days at all is interesting. So this is, this is the balls to the wall version of Sneak and Show. Yeah. Uh, we saw this list pop up about a year ago. People were trying it out. It never really caught on. Uh, but this one really focuses on all inning in your first or second turn because in addition to running the usual four lotus petals, it also runs two simian spirit guides to help you power out uh, those early combo turns. Yeah. And to protect those early combo turns, instead of spell pierces, it's running days. Yeah. Um, so that is uh, pretty sweet. What's interesting is actually, no, I they might not. They actually, I don't think, I think they're missing two lands. Oh, this okay. list is only, only running, running Yeah, this list is only running 17 lands and usually the list will run 19ish. It's missing okay. looks like it's missing two basics from most stock lists. Okay. Um so I mean that's also not surprising the all-in lists um don't really care that much about om- omni uh, omniscience. Mm-hmm. Um just cuz they're trying to win as quickly as possible. Gotcha. But yeah, uh surprising the kind of boss of the wall it is kind of a tip towards Reanimator. The fact that they're running a list like this means they're trying to be as fast as possible, right. and you know, try and match the speed of Black Red Reanimator. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, okay, so that's it, that's all all well and good. Um, yeah. Nothing too crazy in the sideboard here. No. Copies of Echoing I, Truth. That's not really that big of a deal. Through the Breach, which is you don't always see, but that it does come up occasionally. Uh, a few times yeah, the just to play again to to protect against counter magic. Yeah, I don't really agree with all, like, I don't like two copies of Besaju in, in this list just yeah. because you're going to be relying on, on sneak attack a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not all in on show and tell, like the Omni Show builds that run Besaju. Right. 
Um, so, I mean, it, it's fine. I just, I think that those slots could be better used. Yeah. The uh, second place deck, I think, probably has a better, a more well-rounded sideboard. Um, uh, I have huge issue, actually, with the <laughs> second place deck. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I think the, I think that sideboard is, I think that 15 is the exact 15 that everyone should run. Um, I will light you on fire. <laughs> uh, so the single braid is great when you're playing against Chalice decks. Um, it's <laughs> great to blow up. Christ. Great to blow up something really annoying, like, uh, uh, uh ticked up to three. Um, uh, Aether Vial, which is great. The Besaju, of course, is uh, a concession to all the counter magic decks, uh, like Greg Delver and, uh, and Miracles, to name a few. Uh, Jace the Mind Sculptor, which is better than all. Gotta have a copy of Jace in the 75. Two Pyroclasm to get rid of all the, uh, uh, the death and taxes that are running around right now. Two copies of Blood Moon to take care of those really greedy decks. Two copies of Defense Grid to make Brian Cooks, uh, sad. Two copies of Through the Breach, which I think is proper, uh, especially Wait, in the defend, reanimator meta. And then, <sighs> and then to, to cap it all off, like, honestly, these, I don't think you can even argue against this card, but four copies of Leyline of the Void, just a must-have in the sideboard of Sneaking Show. Have you, you had your fun? You, you had your fun? I'd like this I, to go on further. I, <laughs> like, I, I almost interrupted you twice because of two. <laughs> I know, I know you did. Defense group does not protect you against Storm. Stop giving bad information. <laughs> <laughs> and most importantly, oh, I can't stand all the reasons of the rant about Leyline of Sanctity, and yet they just ignore it, Pat, and I go to Leyline of the Void. You don't, you realize how many free, colorless, uh, graveyard hate spells have been printed, Pat? Do you know how many there are? loads of them why are you playing bad graveyard hate in your sideboard uh, uh i think i think actually leyline's fine personally no it's a <laughs> oh my god i I don't even want to rehash but all the reasons why leyline of the void is bad are the same reasons why leyline of sanctity is bad I think but leyline also it's too. even worse than leyline of sanctity because there's there are other options that do the same effect like if you're worried about chancellor of the annex and getting it countered or anything like that you can run fairy macabre fairy macabre gets around all the things that uh leyline yeah, gets around by fa- not being cast only works once right like that's the problem you're a, you're a fast linear combo deck you only need it to work once <laughs> Like, you don't, you're not in this long, grindy control match where you need to make sure their graveyard stays removed. Mm-hmm. You're, ju- you're just trying to slow them down long enough for you to combo off before they can combo off. So, Fairy Macabre takes care of that. Uh, Surgical Extraction is another free instant speed, uh, option. Uh, Grafter's Cage gives you graveyard hate, plus gives you protection against other decks like Elves or Snapcaster decks. Like, there's just no reason to run Leyline of the Void. I don't understand why you would do that, considering all the disadvantage Leyline has, on top of the fact that it's a worse version than other graveyard hate cards. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know you get, uh, sorry, I apologize about Defense Grid, I was just running through that. This I gotta go break something, tests. I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be, I, couldn't, I couldn't let you get a word in edgewise there. Um, my roommate got a new coffee table. I'm going to go pull my fist through it. <laughs> I think I, I hear your argument at Leyline of the Void, um, but I do feel like it, it's a very good card uh, against quite a few decks. Um, it, sh- it shuts a lot of decks down. It requires an answer. If it's in your uh, opening hand. a lot of decks to win. What, what Sorry? If it's in your opening hand. If it's in it your opening hand. It is only a good hand card if it's in your opening hand. And if it's not in your opening hand, you need to now decide, do I mulligan to my hate card, which could be answered because every deck that cares about the graveyard has answers to graveyard hate pieces. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or do I mulligan to oblivion looking for this card, getting worse and worse hands? Or do I keep bad hands simply because they have a ley line in play? Like, you keep a ley line, uh, a hand with ley line and no lands. You play out ley line. They go, all right, nature's claim combo in your face. Right. You look real smart. So, I mean, the argument there is, Jerry, and, and, hear, and hear me out. Like, if there's, a, if there's an answer card to everything, 
uh, but if, there, if there's an answer card to everything, they, they have to find it, right? They have to have it. So I can see like people saying, all right, well, I'm playing against a graveyard deck or graveyard center deck. I'm going to bring these four ley lines. I'm not going to multi them, but I certainly can show and tell it in, right? Which oh, is pretty, oh pretty if weird. you are show and telling in a ley line, you have already lost. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying like, like, yes, like you need the four ley line. You need the ley line in your opener, but there is like a way the to fact get that the, people bring that up out. as a line of play kills me. Like, do you, do you hear yourself speak like that is such a bad play? It's like, why are you bothering to continue? Yeah. You're blowing your combo to put a hate card in play that if it was just a good hate card, you wouldn't have to do this. Like, that's the thing. You're right. Everything is answered by something. Right. But but why are you going to play something that is answered by by just as many things as your other answers, but also has this incredibly high setup cost just to work in the first place? Sure. Like, yeah. best case scenario is it's as good as your other options. Best case scenario, it's as good. Yeah, I mean, I, I just... I get where people are coming from with Leyline. I do like the card. I played it in Eldrazi. I liked it a lot in Eldrazi. But there were, there were games, like exactly where you said, where... Like you're playing against Dredge or you're playing against like you're playing against some kind of storm deck, you mulligan, mulligan, mulligan until when like you're no longer on your game plan, you're just playing defensive magic, like because you have a ley line in your hand, right? So I yeah, I, it, I get where you're coming from. Like I'm I'm, really, versus- I'm busting your chops more than anything. Um <laughs> but the lay the ley line package is sworn by some illustrious magic players, some really great uh magic online players. We'll just leave it at that. But um, I mean JPA, you're a you're a smart dude, I get it. But why are you running ley lines, man? <laughs> I, I, there, I'm, listen, man, I am, I will always give people who have a much, uh, deeper knowledge of the game than me a lot more reps with every deck, the benefit of the doubt, and say, there's gotta be a reason. So, uh. I don't know. If, JBA, if, if you could explain to me while, while you're running ley lines, I'll listen, but I don't see it. I don't see any reason to run it when there are so many better options out there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's, well, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think ley lines personally fine. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the fact that it has to take up four spots in your sideboard to be, like, to be reasonable. Another but. detriment. I mean, my biggest part about Leyline is you open your hand, it doesn't have Leyline, and you're like, all right, this hand is decent, I can combo fast, I have some counter magic, maybe I can disrupt them and still combo them off. Uh, all right, I'll keep this hand. Draw for turn. Leyline of the Void. Yeah, that is <laughs> You now have, yeah, you're a fast linear combo deck and you now have four dead draws. You just, yeah. like, that's the worst offender. You can't afford to do that with these decks. Yeah. You can't afford to have dead draws. Uh, another deck, uh, in the top eight. We'll move on from Leyline because I don't want to ha- hash that over yeah, too, yeah. too many times. I, I, I got, I got my, I got my rant out. All I'm right, good. good. It's a ranty episode, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of your worst matchups in third place, uh, you see Death and Taxes. Yeah, which is interesting. I mean, it's not the worst matchup anymore because, as we see, Sneak and Show beat it in order to get to the finals. And uh, like, I, don't think, I see. All right, so I'm gonna stop. It's you there. not. I'm gonna stop it's you there not. and say just because they beat it doesn't mean it's not a bad matchup. What? So why is so why is Death and Taxes now a better matchup for you than? Six months ago, when you bemoaned that death and taxes, it was it was a year. It's it's a year ago at this point, okay, and it's right. omniscient. So, anyway, so what is one year the, ago? Hold on, let me finish my question. <laughs> you can't answer my question unless I finish it. What has changed in death and taxes in the last year that's gone from a being a terrible matchup to a me- medium to good matchup in your eyes? Nothing in death and taxes. It's all in the omni show list. The or uh, sneak and show list is it moved to a hybrid a year ago. Most sneak and show players weren't running omniscience. Mm, and if the, if, 
It is a direct correlation between Sneak and Show lists adopting the hybrid plan of running Omniscience, but no Cunning Wish, where Death and Taxes became a good matchup. My my actual stats that I keep are directly reflect this. I have like a ninety. I have a ten ninety matchup pre omniscience and a ninety ten matchup after omniscience. I just I honestly, Jerry, I can't remember a time when Sneaky Show wasn't playing a few copies of omniscience. I truly you can't have, remember the last time you have a that I saw short Sneaky Show with zero omniscience. And, and, you have a short memory then because the hybrid Sneak and Show list is not that old. It before it was very clearly defined. Sneak and Show. Was just the the core deck. Omni Show ran Cunning Wishes and Omniscience, and then uh, about a year, actually probably about like uh, you know a year and three months, year and four months ago, we started seeing the hybrid list develop, which ran Omniscience but no Cunning Wish, and that is when the Death and Taxes matchup went from a ten ninety to a ninety ten. Just Omniscience. It it is an amazing difference. I mean, it makes if sense you, because if, they're like Caracas. Caracas and Flicker Wisp are all not and that Contain great and Priest, like uh, Omniscience answers so many of the hate cards that de- that Death and Taxes has. Right. Um. You know, it it just it really does make a world of difference. Hmm. Interesting. I. So I my my gut tells me that Omniscience has been in Sneak and Show longer than that. And I'm, I don't buy your explanation. That's I mean, my if, if it's, my if it's, if wrong. I'm misremembering so the time frame, <laughs> if I'm misremembering the time frame and it's longer, it's been longer than like a year and three months, a year and four months, then fine. I misremember the time frame, but the, it's still, still the same. You know, the, the win rate correlates with when omniscience comes into, comes into the deck. Okay. That's fair. Uh, if you even go back and listen to our podcast episodes, when I added omniscience to the deck, mm. I stopped complaining about death and taxes. <laughs> uh, I mean, that would require me to go listen to back episodes. I don't think I, I can do that, but no, ain't no one got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. In fourth place, we had uh, we had uh, punishing. Uh, uh, sorry, agrolome. In fourth place, <laughs> I, I, I was brain, I, I, I was having a fun time waiting. For you. <laughs> Yeah, I've been seeing more and more of this list. Uh, I don't, I don't think anyone really called this when the banded annou- uh, restricted announcement popped up, but I've been seeing a ton of aggro loam yeah. show up everywhere in both in the leagues I've been playing online and in results. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. I've, I've seen it a few times myself online. Um, I'm definitely, I'm absolutely packing my, uh, forked bolts for all their dark confidants. Uh, but scavenging ooze, I feel like, I'm saying this now. I feel like they should up their number of scavenging oozes in this deck. If they're only playing one, they should be playing two or three. Uh, because, uh, uh, Rug Delver has a very difficult time beating a Skuze. Very difficult. I mean, they have green sun zenith, so they can find it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fair. That's, I didn't really think about that. Uh, but you're also gotta get, you gotta get a green sun for three. And against, uh, against, uh, the yeah, against Rug, that can be... be difficult. It can be. I mean, they are running the Mox Diamonds to help with that, but I agree. It can be difficult. Um, if, if, but I mean, that's like, it's hard to beat Rug when Rug is doing what Rug does. Yeah, fair. <laughs> like when the Rug player is having a good game, it's hard to compete with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that, I figured it was worth talking about. Also, two copies of Life in the Loam, a copy of Indicate in the Main. Um, and then just, that is actually just a mess of lands. Just a, it's just an ugly amount of lands. It is. That one of Vindicate is actually pretty interesting. That is not very common from aggro loam lists. Yeah, I'm curious what that is against. Um, that looks like, actually, what are they running this? I mean, 
I ran spicy one ofs in this because <laughs> I mean Agro Room is kind of like Nick Fit where it kind of looks like a uh, kind of looks like an EDH deck sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Do they have um, to run twenty six lands? I feel like they could run fewer than twenty six. No, they are a it. Agro Loam has been like a hybrid between lands and Maverick. Yeah. They they run a lot of lands and for good reason. Like the deck, that's why Dark Confidant. This is really the only Dark Confidant deck left in Legacy. Mm-hmm. Is because it's a creature deck, but it also just has a huge amount of zero drops. You know, on top of the 26 lands, you're also running four Chalice of the Void and four Mox Diamond. Mm-hmm. So 34 cards. So more than half of your deck is a zero drop, which means Dark Confidant just is super good at getting value without much downside. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I like this deck a lot. Uh, I think it's a really interesting It's deck. a fun deck. I think it's a fun deck to play against. I think it's a fun deck. I'm sure it's a fun deck to play. Um, yeah, even like- it's actually it's a it's surprisingly uh fun match even from the uh, sneak and show perspective sure. because I like go back and forth with them and um I just had some really interesting plays with it with them. Like Gaddick Teague could be just a house. Yeah. Gaddick Teague is so unassuming and Gaddick Teague does so much work. Uh, just it, it, they, it does, it does a lot. And it's a, yeah, I played this deck for a couple years a while ago and it's so much fun. There's so many lines of play and there's a lot of different ways to build and customize. So if you're looking for a kind of a fun deck that's also good in this new meta, I would definitely look at Agro Loam. Yeah. I like it a lot. Um, I'm curious, Gaddick Teague. So obviously, like from a sneaking show perspective, you can't play non-creature spells with a CMC four or greater. So that's yep. shutting off a sneak, uh, a sneak attack. Obviously, it's shutting off your forces. Although I imagine forces aren't really necessary in this matchup that often. So. It's kind of a soft lock. So if they get the Caracas down, your go-to is to go to sneak and sneak attack. Yep. Um, so that you can get around the Caracas. Gotcha. Um, but Gaddick Teague shuts off sneak attack. But unfortunately, main deck, your main way to deal with creatures that are giving you a problem is Jace bouncing them. And right. Gaddick Teague also <laughs> prevents you from casting Jace. Fair. Okay. I see. I see. Um, Gotta be and yeah, so. I know, got it. Well, I mean, it's hard with game one. <laughs> you say you got to scout your match and pre-board Pat. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> hey man, Typical it's, it's Pat. It's the Wild West right now. We don't. We it don't is. Know that. <laughs> Jeez. Um, <laughs> um, in fifth place, we have uh, Painter, Painter Servant deck. Yeah, this is. I mean, here we have it. Uh, Wide open format, painter servant, which <laughs> we haven't even seen in existence, let alone top aiding since the top ban. Yeah, really. Uh, now with the death right challenge ban, painter servant coming back out. Do we remember I, when people said that painter servant was no longer a deck once top went away? I mean, it's still kind of no. I think this is kind of a fluke. I'm going to be <laughs> honest. Like, you know, when half the room is playing wonky decks to, you know, experiment in the fun meta. Uh, one of them's gonna get through to top eight. Of course, of course. <laughs> one of them's just gonna get lucky. I do like the four of smugglers copter. <laughs> I know, right? Cop, 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 cop. Get in there. Get in there. Uh, I mean, it's running. I I like it. I mean, I love this deck. I think it's super fun. I'm happy that it top aided. I would not take it. I would I would take it with a grain of salt. I would not yeah. take it on the chin that this is gonna define the meta. Jerry, can you tell me without looking what Via Shino Heretic does? Venusia Heretic, uh, is that the one that destroys, uh, artifacts? No. Is, yeah. 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 
Is it is it the one that destroys artifacts? Yep. It's, it's like Echo or something? Uh, no, it's uh, that is a different card you're thinking of. This is the two in a red for a 1-3, and it has one in a red tap, destroy target artifact, via Shino Heretic, uh, deals to that artifact's controller damage equal to the artifact's total casting cost. I huh, thought, so I, it's, it's like a one-up in the sideboard. I thought it was it's, <laughs> it's a repeatable shatter. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, well, well, it'll slightly better. Yeah. I mean, I wonder what they're running that from. For. I have no idea. Just repeatable artifact tape. Like, what is it? it is like, it against repeatable? Like, uh, it's a five deck. mana artifact tape card. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Do I they like have it, something? I think you just play a braid instead, right? What? I mean, there must be some combo or something. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking, and I'm not seeing it. We also have in sixth place another copy of Death and Taxes. Yep, Death and Taxes. Um, looks two copies of Cataclysm. This is a card that's making a yeah. comeback. I'm seeing this it more is. often. Uh, in the in the sideboard, I mean, we've seen right, this right. in sneak in uh Death and Taxes. Wow, Freud didn't slip there. <laughs> we've seen this in a lot of Death and Taxes lists in the past. It comes up from time to time. Um, I think it depends on the plate style. I personally, like, I've never really been able to wrap my head around it. So Cataclysm is one of those standbys that's like always in cubes. And I just, I can never make that deck work. So I, it, it is not, it is not a card for me. Some people really like it though. Yeah. Uh, two white, white, sorry, just two white, white for the sorcery. Each, I just moved off it. Each player chooses from among the permanents he or she controls an artifact, a creature, an enchantment, and a land, and then sacrifices the rest. Um, so I mean you're basically planning that your stuff is better than their stuff or you can have a wider array of stuff to keep like if you have one of each of those and your opponent only has, you know, two of them then you come out ahead but I don't know. Yeah. Uh sure. I'm sorry, I'm just looking at this dredge list. <laughs> yeah, can't even finish. <laughs> I'm sorry. Seventh place dredge list uh Let's see. Running Prized Amalgam, which is a card that I haven't played in Dredge. Um, but it's, That's it's usually popular. in the mana list lists. Yeah, this is not mana list. This is running LEDs. It's this not. Is similar to the Dredge list I've been playing, um, which is like super fun. I don't think I'd want to play it in paper. I think it's more fun to play online. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, there, there's a shit ton of triggers. Yeah. Anything with a shit ton of triggers is more fun to play online because online remembers them for you. Yeah, it's, it's nice. I just keep hitting okay until something highlights and I can click it. <laughs> <laughs> the Patrick Uglow School of Magic just keeps saying yes please, until it works out. <laughs> please don't tell anyone that there's a Patrick Uglow School of Magic because there are actually things called schools of magic. Which I don't really fully understand, but people seem people seem to think they're pretty important. So I don't want I don't want our Atlanta friends to uh, come to my house with torches and try to burn it down. Um, um, I'm just gonna say the real winner of this legacy challenge was our uh, eighth place deck, Trogdor the Burninator, uh, on Eldrazi. I love seeing this deck come back. Ugh, ugh. Uh, makes me want to rebuild Eldrazi. I just need the caverns and some eyes and some temples. Uh yeah, I like Eldrazi. I think it's a fun deck to play. It's kind of a yeah. I, I a, also like gold deck. fishing. You know, it's not like I also like gold fishing my deck. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Anything interesting? No, because it's a it's a it's a uh, it's an Eldrazi. Yeah, deck. <laughs> it's an Eldrazi. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're also making the the uh, mistake of Leyland of the Void, though. What is I think Tumble it's, Magnet? It's, Hold on, I'm sorry. It's more for bur- oh, you've ever seen Tumble Magnet? I've never Tumble even Magnet heard of this sweet. card. He has <laughs> oh, a fidget man. spinner. Did you see that? 
Yeah, it's a fidget spinner. Uh, it's th- three mana artifact. When it enters the battlefield, it enters the battlefield with three charge counters on it. Remove a charge counter, tap artifact or creature. Interesting. So sneak and show hate, I guess. Ah, uh, just I mean, in, it's a maze of Ith, kind of. Yeah, I suppose a really bad maze of Ith. I mean, well, it's it no, no, no. It's a maze of Ith for blockers, is what it really is. I mean, oh, okay. you can buy you time, or it can tap down a blocker. That's fair. Okay, that makes sense. Um, four copies of Jerry's favorite card, Leyline of the Void. Yeah, four sources of Spyglass. <laughs> It's it's more forgivable in their list because they play a bit slower than I mean they're also fast so it's not that much more forgivable yeah. but they're at least going to expect to be in a slightly longer longer match. Uh, I'm just going to shout shout out real quick to the uh, the the <laughs> the dredge players uh, screen name expect no mercy and then try door <laughs> the burninator like these people are coming coming with it with their uh, with their names. Ninth I know. Place. I kind of wish I could change my username. Yeah, ninth place, Tony Montana. I like that. Scavenging, <laughs> scavenging booze in tenth. I think we should just go through the names, go through the deck list. Uh, can we talk about sca- uh, scavenging booze? Bar- bar- uh, blah, zombardment. Blah. Have you seen Actually, this list, Pat? So I played I- against zombardment um, uh, yesterday on stream. Actually. And I didn't know, I didn't know what they were playing until someone said, Oh, this is a zombardment. And I said, Cool. What was, what is zombardment? And how do I beat it? And I don't, I don't even recall. I was playing, uh, I was playing, uh, uh, Grug. I don't remember if I beat it or not, but I think, I think I actually lost to it now that I'm thinking about it. Um, yeah. it wasn't I mean, like, it wasn't like this list. They were running, uh, the blood gas, the carrying feeders, the grave crawlers. I didn't see Gurmag Angler and I didn't see Stitcher Supplier, which is a new card. Oh, I, it's an M19. I don't even know if it's a new card. Um, yeah, it's an old. It's an old card. Okay. Made reprinted. It's a single black for a one-one zombie. Uh, when when it enters the battlefield or dies, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. Mm. So, Zombardment is the sweet deck that actually we saw up until around Deathrite Shaman was printed. Um, I don't think it died off because Deathrite Shaman was printed, but I mean, Deathrite Shaman going away definitely helps it because it's a graveyard-based creature deck that doesn't win the game on the spot. So unlike Reanimator, if you can just get through one Deathrite Shaman activation, you can win the game. Zombardment, it's, it's not that easy. But surprisingly, even though it's called Zombardment, it's actually built around a goblin card. Goblin Bombardment is an enchantment from, I want to say like Tempest was its original printing. Yeah. Okay. And it's a one and a red sacrifice a creature. Goblin Bombardment deals one damage to target creature or player. And basically it's just that plus a bunch of recurring creatures. So it runs Bloodgast, which is a creature that, uh, come whenever you play a land, you can return it from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, Carrion Feeder, which is another way to win the game. Carrion Feeder is one black for a one, one, uh, sack a creature, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. So you can, if you don't have goblin bombardments, you can just sack a bunch of creatures to it and make a huge beater. And then like grave crawler, which is a black for a two, one, uh, you may cast Gravecrawler from your graveyard as long as you control another zombie. Uh, and then Stitcher Supplier is just, like you said, it's a value creature that you want dying and, and coming back. So the deck, and also two Bitter Blossom to pump out even more bodies. So you're, you're just playing like weenie dudes, getting in for some quick beats. And then when they get their defenses up, you're sacking your team to ping them to the face yep. and then recurring them and doing it all over again. Yeah. Blood, I mean, a lot of their creatures are coming back. Blood, gra- blood gassed, uh, grave crawler. All those are coming back. 
Yep. And then it makes use of Cabal Therapy, so you can also get value out of your creatures. Lingering Souls is just another spell just that just puts a ton of bodies in the field. Like, uh, play Lingering Souls, flash it back, and mm-hmm. then deal four damage to the face. Like, <laughs> Lingering Souls is a burn card now. Feels good. Feels good. Feels good. Um, and, I mean, you just, you want to be dumping. That's why it's running, like, four Faithless Looting and then the Stitcher Supplier. Mm-hmm. You want to just be dumping your as much of your deck into your graveyard, because pretty much everything has flashback. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I can definitely see why this deck was held down by Deathrite Shaman. I still don't think it's a very, like, I don't think this is going to be a tier one deck just because Deathrite Shaman disappeared. I think it's, uh, you can actually sleeve it up again and not be laughed out of the room now that Deathrite Shaman is gone. Yeah, definitely uh, just interesting cards in the, uh, or interesting decks in the top, top 32 here. Um, one deck I do want to touch on real quick if you're all set with Zombardman there. Uh, real quick, I just want to mention Undiscovered Paradise. Can you can you tell me why that's in the list, Pat? Because I think this is one of the coolest cards of the deck. Uh, oh, I, this is probably just um, uh, synergy with Bloodgast. Make sure you hit your land drops. Yep, exactly. So Undiscovered Paradise is a rainbow land, but whenever you tap it, you have to return it to your hand. Well, at the so, beginning of your next untap phase. Yeah, beginning of your next untap phase. So, so I mean, you tap it for mana. Beginning your next untap, you return it to your hand, which means you get to play your blood gas all over mm-hmm. again. Yeah, it's pretty from sweet. your graveyard. So, yeah, I mean, I, my friend Ara, this was actually his favorite deck. So I've played with and against this deck a lot, mm-hmm. and it, it's cool. It's definitely an interesting interactive deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, bi- biggest weakness: almost none of the creatures can block. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro was like, "Oh, get in there with Nim Mongoose. Get in there." Get yeah. In there. <laughs> Like they could, they could have an army of zombies, yep. and you're like, attack with my one one nimble mongoose. Hey, yep. <laughs> um. What, so speaking of one deck that I did want to go over real quick, and something I want to discuss and get your kind of thoughts on, um, underwater bimbo in twelfth place on rug delver. Now this list, and I'm kind of I'm in I'm in what Lawrence refers to as the rug cabal. Um, <laughs> and we talk about we talk about the deck quite a bit. There's a lot of players in there who are much better. Uh, Magic players and Rug Delver players than I am, so I actually just kind of more absorb more information than anything else. Um, but a lot of what they're talking about is the creature split, and it's something I think is interesting to talk about. Um, this deck is running four Delver, four Goose, four Tarmogoyf. Um, the so- traditional list. Yes, exactly. Uh, then just the running a Dismember and uh, four Stifle and four Spell Pierce. So what I've seen a lot of lists doing is they're actually changing up the 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 package where they're running like. Two spell pierce, two spell snare, which I actually like. I like the spell snares personally. Mm-hmm. Um, spell snares we'll see, especially if uh, Stoneforge Mystic decks yep. take hold. Back in the old meta, before Deathrite Shaman was ever printed, spell snare used to see a whole lot more play, mostly because there were more targets. But like uh, back in that meta, so many of the key cards were tarmogoyf stoneforge mystic dark confidant like spell snare just answered a lot of super key cards yeah, and spell snare still does uh, but because of death right shaman we've been seeing a lot of one drops and three drops mm-hmm. in legacy so spell snare wasn't as useful now that death right shaman is gone and we're moving back to kind of a pre death right shaman curve or at least what the curve looks like i it'll be interesting to see if spell snare uh picks up in pace just because there's not as much ramp as what you're saying on turn two essentially. right gotcha. the tur- turn two is is you know more important than ever now yeah. like you you need these high impact cards um so it's going to be interesting i mean we've already seen more tarmogoyfs come into play yeah. i'm kind of sad i sold my tarmogoyfs uh, about six <laughs> months ago yeah, if I, I only had seen I, the light at the end of the tunnel i would have held on to them. i picked up 
up three prior to the uh, the last BNR update because you had said, Pat, if they ban Deathrite Shaman, Rug Delver's coming back. And I said, all right, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting Rug Delver. So I got my Trops and I got my Tarmogoyfs. And I got, for some reason... You're Tar- welcome, Pat. What's that? <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I also picked up four copies. I don't know why I got four. I think I forgot that I ordered my first two of True Name Nemesis. And that brings me to my second point. Some people are cutting Tarmogoyfs, either one, two, or maybe even as many as three, for some number of True Name Nemesis. And I want to kind of hear your thoughts on that. I mean, if you're cutting Tarmogoyfs for uh, True Name Nemesis, you are more worried about spot removal, and you're less worried about games ending quickly. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, the difference between two mana and three mana is really a big deal for a deck like Rug Delver. Like, this list we're looking at now that's not running Tarmog- uh, not running True Name, it pretty much never wants to make its third man- uh, land drop. Right. Like, it is completely content at playing two lands and then just drawing nothing but gas for the rest of the game. Well, no, we want to make our third land drop. We just want it to be a wasteland. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm not counting wasteland as a land, no, but course. yes, you are correct in that. <laughs> After your second land drop, the only lands you want to be playing is wasteland. So um, I would say if people are running true, uh, true name nemesis, they're expecting a more control heavy meta um, playing against decks like uh, Stoneforge mystic decks with swords of plowshares and especially probably banking on there being a, uptick of miracles players because terminus is not as easy to set up as it was in the sensei's divine top day mm-hmm. true name nemesis is that much better because their swords of plowshares can't answer it they basically have to rely on uh, council's judgment or uh, hard setting up a terminus which you know might not give them an you know against a deck like rug delver they're not going to have as much time to set it up like they did in the top days right right okay makes sense um, but yeah, I mean, I, if I was playing Rug Delver, I would play this list. Like, this is what Rug wants to be. This is what Rug was built for. Yeah. You know, I would say don't hedge your bets, just go for the throat. Yeah, I, so personally, I'm not a huge fan of, uh, of True Name. I feel like if you're being really aggressive with your Stifles, you're being really aggressive with your Wastelands, you're not often getting to three mana quick enough to make it mm. worth your time. I feel like I just want three or four of, of, uh, of Tarmogoyf in the main deck. Cause every time I play Tarmogoyf, it feels pretty good. Like, yes, they occasionally get brought decayed or or sorged, but in general, like they're a pretty a pretty great threat, and they they just get bigger than everything else. Tarmogoyf bigger than all. Bigger God, than I all. wish I didn't sell mine. Now I'm now I'm gonna have to repick up Tarmogoyf's bat. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if you find uh, them, I need I I only have two, so I need two more. Um, gotcha. Awesome. So yeah, that, that's that's down to the twelfth place list. There wasn't a ton else I wanted to talk about. During the challenge or of the challenge, our first mir- our first miracles list in fourteenth place. So I love I love to see that. So maybe that's worth mentioning. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, there were some uh, eight moon stompy lists that we passed over, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting. Even post ban, we're still seeing that list put up results. Um, so it could show it's not just a uh, it's not just it was preying on the meta. It, I think eight moon is here to stay as you know at the very least a tier one point five list, if not a tier one list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So interesting, all good. Um, if anyone else like finds a cool deck they want to talk about from the Legacy Challenge, let us know. Bryant Cook, our friend in twenty third place, uh, playing. Well, this is surprising. He's on TES. Whoa! Can we talk about one thing real quick? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Look at the fifteenth place list. Hold on, going back, going back. Fifteenth Three... place. Oh, I actually was just looking at this. This is like 
This is like uh, three uh, minimum. Yeah, this is a bug delver like turbo angler with four thought scours and uh, four and four copies of Bomat Courier. <laughs> yeah, Bomat Courier. I called it. I knew it was legacy playable. <laughs> <laughs> legacy playable. One deck. Legacy playable. Uh, we've seen it pop up before. Sure. I mean, but it's still it's still funny when we see it pop up. But my carriers, the Kaladesh card, one colorless for a one-one with haste. Whenever it attacks, exile the top card of your library face down, and it has red. Discard your hand, sacrifice Bomat Courier, put all cards exiled with Bomat Courier into its owner's hands. Hmm. So for Gurmag, it's basically just trying to power out Gurmags as quickly as possible. Why? Why <laughs> like, is this? Why does it say? So I'm curious. Is this like for some kind of control magic effect when it says put all exile with Bomat Courier? Into their owner's hands because you're not exiling anyone else's cards with Bomat Courier. Is that just? I mean, I think they're hedging their bet for future cards. Sure. Like, while you're not exiling your opponent's deck, there might be some random situation where a future card could have you exile cards off the top, or like, I don't know, switch. I, it's hard to imagine a situation where it would come up, but I think they're just hedging their bets. Gotcha. Okay, makes sense. Uh, but yeah, and then four thoughts, Skyler, Dark Blast. They're just. Basically filling up their graveyard and going to town with Gurmags. Yeah. All right. Well, that just about wraps up the Legacy Challenge here. Um, was there anything else we wanted to go over before we uh, got out of this episode, Jerry? Um, I think that is about it. Oh, did we cover the Savannah Raffle? Oh, no. Let's talk about that real quick. We actually kind of we blew right through that into the, le- the Leaving Legacy Tournament. So um, we are still doing our... Our uh, charity drive for Wesley, the Children's Organ, Organ Transplant Association. Um, we are uh, obviously doing it in, in support of our friend, listener Rich, whose son Wesley is in need of a liver transplant. So, Jerry, do you? Ha- I don't know if you have the latest totals. This is an old total uh, that I have in here. Yep. No, I was going to look that up, and then I didn't. Oh, okay, that's all right. Because I am bad. I am looking it up right now. See where we are. So, and this is just what what I've collected from the raffle. There have been other people who entered, especially larger dollar amounts. A couple of people did a couple hundred dollars that they donated directly to the uh, charity, that's so awesome. they could get that tax deduction, which I don't blame hey, them for. That's a win win, man. <laughs> yo, I yo, get that get that tax no, money. I, also, don't make us be the middleman. Like well, then we have to collect the money, then count it, and then send it. Just send it right to yes. them. Even better. So yeah, we we have the link right on there. I'm happy to collect it if you're only doing like a dollar or two. I get it. That's that you know you probably don't want to go through the house with that we're happy to collect it but yeah if you're doing like large donations like a couple of people have done a couple hundred dollars the link to donate directly to the charity is there and you can just send me a screenshot yep. of that um and that'll also get you your entries into the raffle um so i don't have a total on that um but that has been at least a couple hundred dollars uh so far what we've collected from the raffles right now pat we are at 835 dollars. Oh, that's amazing that's amazing jerry but- Let's get to a thousand. I got, yeah. I got one, uh, one more raffle after the Savannah. We got the Chalice of the Void for raffle and then talking to a couple other people. Some other people are going to see if they can get in touch with me, uh, see if we can get some more stuff, uh, cool. to raffle off. But yeah, if we can hit a thousand dollars raised, uh, I would be ecstatic. Yeah, that's great. That's so awesome. Um, thank you so much to everyone who's entered into the raffles. Everyone who's won has been really great and, and thankful. Um, so let's, uh, let's get this Savannah. It's going to be pulled on Monday next week. Uh, we're actually going to have, uh, our friend, uh, Cyrus on to uh, talk about. Well, we're probably going to talk a little bit about the current meta 
uh, talk about. Uh, did you did you check with me if uh, I was okay with having our intern uh, as a guest? <laughs> he offered to pay us to be on, so we're probably fine. We're square. Oh, our intern is paying us. This is a great deal. I mean, that's what interns are for, right? It basically just right. it, de- it devalues the labor market, which is exactly what his capitalists want. So. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so we're gonna have Cyrus on next week, which will be awesome. Uh, I think we'll probably talk about again about TES. We'll probably also mention Rug Delver because uh, he's been helping me out with my list as well. He's been jamming some games with it on uh, on Moto, so we'll talk about those lists. Um, we'll share probably the most recent Legacy Challenge again because it's extra interesting to look at those now in the in the new meta. Uh, I think like when you're four or five months in, they're less exciting. Uh, and then you're just looking for like spicy spicy lists. But right now it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see what decks are are kind of coming to the top, what's rising. Yep. Uh also we'll be talking about uh uh Star City Games Worcester right. and how I, I I drag my team across the finish line to first place. Yep, in a side event. Uh, actually in all in all honesty, we're probably gonna crash and burn and I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna pull a Charlie Sheen on my teammates <laughs> and just self destruct. That's it. more likely. I'm gonna pre apologize to Josh and Vincent for uh, having to put up with me. <laughs> beautiful it's gonna be great um we also got a ton of uh so yeah so so get in this event we're gonna pull it next week when we have cyrus on get in on the uh on that for sure uh, we also had a bunch of people who are interested in the editor position that we talked about last week more way more than i expected the uh the outreach was yeah. fantastic so thank you so much I for everyone who's gotten a, got a hold of us did did not expect to have to do an interview process. No, no, no. I expected there'd be like one <laughs> I was expected to beg for a participants. Um, but we had multiple people, all like, all with like amazing resumes, very talented people. So, um, we are narrowing that down. And as everyone who reached out, we got back to all of you, or we tried to at least. Thank you so much for for reaching out and uh and trying to get in on this process. We really appreciate it. And like I said, this is going to help us uh help free me up at least um a little bit of my free time to work on. Uh, more streaming, more. which we actually just reached affiliate status on Twitch, which was pretty exciting. So, Woo! yeah. So I, Wait, does that mean I'm an affiliate too, Pat? Uh, by for exten- doing zero of work? Course. Yeah, by extension, you're an affiliate. <laughs> yes! <laughs> the American dream. <laughs> we all Do nothing and be rewarded. Rising tides raise all boats, right? Or whatever that is. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so we're doing that. Um, I have, I, I put in my paperwork for that. You got to fill out like a lot of tax information. So, I did all that. Uh, I mean, I obviously am not paying any tax on the money that it comes in, but, uh, you know, just so Tom Hep knows and he can report me to the IRS. Um, <laughs> yeah, we found we're joking about the IRS and here we find out that one of our mods works. Yeah, for he's the a IRS. tax man. Talking about tax shelters and hiding money, hiding money in the Cayman Islands. And Tom's like, I'm right here, guys. Yeah, up. <laughs> um, so but uh, yeah, who so knew I, Tom I, was a narc? Yeah. <laughs> so I submitted all that paperwork. So I'm not. So I'm 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 going through the uh the process now of getting that all squared away. Uh we'll we'll of course get some custom custom emotes for the for the for the uh the Twitch stream which will be sweet. Um and we'll be able to have people sub. When that, all that goes through people will be able to subscribe to the the Twitch stream. I don't know what subbing does other than get you emotes. Um but if you have Amazon Prime, I mean I sub to someone every month. Don't I like spread my dollars? Around. Oh, I think the Amazon Prime subs give you money. Yeah, yeah, you get money from them, and uh, I so I spread them around. I've I've subbed to like Chewy, I've subbed to like Emma, Emma Handy, basically anyone who I think is cool who's who does uh cool shit on on Twitch. I I sub to them at least once to spread that money around. So, um, when that goes on, of course I'll be bugging you guys to come in and check out the stream. But I've been averaging like a lot more viewers the last few weeks than I have in the past, which is pretty sweet too. So thank you everyone yeah. who's who's uh who's followed the page and. Or follow the, the, the Twitch stream and, and Ben in the chat and hanging out with me and watch me punk games away. We really appreciate it. 
we should do we should stream a challenge together Pat. we need to stream should, a challenge uh, together yeah for sure yeah sit down we'll block off a sunday and we'll just you know we'll run it to uh the top eight where amazing. we'll naturally be that sounds amazing i will uh, check my calendar i will request a sunday off coming up and that's what we'll do i'll lock my door i'll keep my kids away and uh we'll just we'll just jam a challenge all day it'll be great <laughs> Excellent. All we have to do is pick a list. Perfect. Maybe we'll let the listeners pick a list for us. Ooh, I like. That. I kind of <laughs> so like can, that. We can light like thirty tickets on fire, however much it costs. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, Jerry, who are your scoops and poops this week? Uh, scoops. I want to scoop Aaron in. Thanks so much, man. Even though it was a lame duck format, you still spent the time, went through all the deck lists. We have scans of all the deck lists too, right? We have scans of all the top eight deck lists. Yep. Oh, all the top eight, uh, not all. Yeah, of them. I, did, okay. I didn't ask yeah. him to do the full 118 decks. Uh, yeah, that would be cruel, cruel and unusual. Yeah, but can was... you uh, stre- can you scan us 118th place of this format that this meta that does not <laughs> yeah, exist exactly. anymore? <laughs> I felt that was cruel and unusual punishment. But what uh, our mod and friend Aaron Kazaniga was kind enough to uh, to do that and. Uh, and thank you for that. We really appreciate it. Yeah. So yeah, my scoop, my scoop is to Aaron. Thanks so much, buddy, for uh, putting that together for us. Uh, my poops, uh, play mats, play mats for all events. Not, not, I'm not scooping in Star City games. They're just the most recent example of it. But, uh, yeah, I say just do away with play mats. Yeah. I agree. Um, all right. There should, and no, I take it back. There should be, when you register, there should be a checkbox. Is this your first ever magic tournament? <laughs> if you check that box off, you can have a play mat. <laughs> That's not bad. I mean, I, I, yeah, you know what? I'm also going to poop on play mats. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to co-poop on play mats because I have so many. I don't need any of them. <laughs> I don't need any of them. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck play mats. We have two. Well, our podcast is two play mats. Yeah, but they're awesome. <laughs> I, I literally have hundreds of playmats, Pat, all of them with my face on them. <laughs> um, all right. So this week I am going to scoop in the dead format. Uh, not only like the post, the, the pre death rate shaman and, uh, Gitaxian probe, uh, the, the ban format, but also the podcast, the dead format. Have you heard about this, Jerry? Yeah. Our buddies, Tom and Ian, yeah. which Ian, what the hell, man? You would never come on because you said you hated the sound of your own voice. Yeah. And now I hear you hosting your own podcast. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> I listened to the first episode. It was, it was fantastic. It was great. It was really, really great. Um, they did an awesome job. Um, Ian and, and Tom have discovered how miserable it is to edit, but it will get easier, guys. I promise. Um, <laughs> they, uh, I don't think they have, um, I don't think they're on iTunes Tom, yet. I don't think they're on like Stitcher yet, but um, I'm sure they're going to share their episode. I think they're going to post an episode tomorrow or sometime this week. I told them to share it on the Facebook page so you can, guys can get the uh, the RSS feed directly through there and add it to your podcast app. Yeah, for sure. Check them out. They're good friends of ours. Uh, give them some. If you if you like listening to us for some reason, I'm sure you'll like listening to them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you might like them better. I kind of do. <laughs> We're going to be out of work soon, Pat. <laughs> Um, and my poop this week is on taxes, whether it be death and taxes or just paying taxes to the tax man. I'm going to poop all over them. Yeah. It's a violation of my rights. They're unconstitutional. There's some, there's some conflicting, uh, you know, socioeconomic viewpoints in this episode, oh, yeah, Pat. Sure. You, you ran the gambit. I don't, I don't think people listening would have no idea what side of the spectrum you are on. That, that, I, that's, I like, I play it fast and loose, Jerry. That's how I want to be. I want, I, I don't want people to pin me down. Don't nail me. Don't box me in. I don't want to be boxed in. <laughs> I like to break break the schism and uh yeah, and live outside the box. I'm I'm the, I am the box, Jerry. Uh, but don't put me in a box. I mean, I don't I won't judge. I won't judge. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm actually going to leave these comments off there. Perfect. <laughs> 
<laughs> awesome. All right. Well, uh, you can always find us. Uh, you find Jerry at JMEE3RD on Twitter. You can find me at Pat Uglo. The stream, twitch.tv slash leaving a legacy. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. Find us on Hipsters. Join the Facebook group. You can email us, deck picks and dick picks, leaving a legacy at hipstersofthecoast.com. Yeah. Bye, guys. See you next week. <laughs> Yeah.